This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Support the podcast on Patreon by joining the It's All Cobblers to Me fan club. Every month, you'll receive access to exclusive bonus content, such as our Meet the Staff series, hear our player interviews before anyone else, and be invited to regular meetups. By joining the fan club, you'll be helping us to continue our sponsorship of NTFC women's player Abby Bruin and enable us to keep the podcast and all our other content going to the high standards you expect. To join the fan club, go to patreon.com forward slash cobblers to me. Welcome to the It's All Cobblers to Me preview show. I'm Danny and I'm going to be joined later on by Jack and Adam from the HUFC chat podcast this week as we look ahead to the weekend game at Six Fields between the Cobblers and Hartlepool United. Uh, first though, I am alone this week, so I'm going to go through this quickly. We'll uh, catch up with the others a little bit on the pod on Sunday uh, for release next week, of course. A um, few things to catch up on. Tuesday night results, Port Vale nil, Exeter nil, Oldham 1, Sutton 3 and Rochdale nil, Mansfield 1. Mansfield getting that late, late winner at Rochdale, which was not helpful. And everything's just tightened up again, completely. Cobblers now still in third, but everyone's just closing in a little bit more. There's now two points between ourselves in third, Sutton in eighth. Mansfield have won, so they've closed in a little bit more as well. So they've got three games in hand now and they're four points behind us. So everything's just tightening up so much in the promotion race, which we are still in, thankfully. Um Bad news on Tyler McGlaw, though, coming out this week. He's been sent back to Blackburn for treatment. Um, dislocated shoulder, it looks like, from that rugby tackle on Saturday from the Bristol Rovers lad. He probably should have been sent off. We discussed it on the main pod this week. He, yeah, McGlaw's gone back to Blackburn and he'll be looked at there before hopefully coming back before the end of the season. It looks like we've potentially recalled Scott Pollock and Max Dyche to booster up the midfield and the defence a little bit. But it's not ideal. And hopefully um, Tyler can come back pretty quickly from this. Um, all the best to him. Um, NGFC Women have made a new signing. They've signed Carla Thornton from Long Eaton. Um, so that's a, a team, I think, who's in the league above them. So which is a great signing for them. Can play in defence or midfield. So a lot more strengthening there for the women who've had a... A decent result of the weekend. They've got another massive game coming up on Sunday against Mansfield, who are in third place. 
uh, with the Cobblers currently in second. Um, so get on down to Harpole if you can for that one. Sunday at two o'clock. So get on down there. It's going to be a big weekend. So enough of me now. I'm going to bring in Jack and Adam from the HUFC Chat podcast. Hey guys, how you doing? Yeah, good, thank you. Good. All good, yeah, thank you. Good, good, thanks for coming on. We're just um, just chatting off air about your um, game at Newport last week that actually did us a big favour. The attendance as well, decent down there, you took. Took quite yeah, a few for a Friday night. Yeah, um, I think, you know, Pulse fans, all right, we might be slightly biased, but we travel well, we always back the lads in numbers and, and for a Friday night to take over 150 down there, um, yeah, it was a good, good following. Um, and you know, thankfully we got rewarded with probably a quite a surprising win to be fair. Um, but yeah, it was it was nice to be down there. Um, obviously me and Adam went and uh, some of our other mates. So yeah, it was it was a special night. Um, beating them and and you know being there to see us turn over a team that you know are pushing for promotion. It was we were basically comparing it to the Forest Green support that came on a Saturday afternoon to our place, which is about two hundred something, maybe only a hundred more than than that. We were laughing at that last Friday about how how you can drag over a hundred people down to Newport mm. on a Friday night and they couldn't get enough for a top of the table clash um, to fill anywhere near enough seats. But hey ho, um, I wanted to take you back to last June to start off with National League playoff final. One nil up in stoppage time. What are you guys thinking? Was it was it still behind closed doors at that point? No, no, we were was all it, there. You were, you were there. We were all in there. Three thousand of us. Yeah, yeah. Ashton Gate, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, what What are you thinking when Lucas Kovlan comes up for the corner at the end? <laughs> um, trying to answer this without swearing. Um, yeah. Honestly, uh, my heart was about to explode at that point. I had four um, heart rate warnings on my Apple Watch um, <laughs> up to that point already. And then Kovalan comes up. Uh, it's just the guy as well. I mean, I've said this on other podcasts. It's Kovalan himself it just irritates me as it is. And then for him to equalise, I think we're probably in a bit of shock, to be fair. Um, and then like realisation that this could be a typical pulls, you know, we were so close yet so far once again, but I'm sure Adam will touch on this and back us up with this, but it was just, you know, for the lads to dig in and, and get through that, how we did, it was such a special day from start to finish. And, you know, we, when you look at the league now, I genuinely think as good a team that we have been and shown that we can be, um, we would have really struggled to get out this season so I'm just so glad that we uh, that we managed to get out and obviously with it all being COVID being able to be there was special look none of us that went took it for granted um, every one of us that had a ticket were extremely grateful to be there in the times and circumstances that it was to see our club get back into the Football League yeah it was extremely special Yeah So Adam were you thinking at that point when the keeper scores an equaliser in stoppage time were you just thinking it's not our day now? Yeah, and immediately I had thoughts or memories going back to obviously the playoff final in 2004-05 where, you know, we were nine minutes away from the championship and you sat there, you're thinking, right, in about one, two minutes' time, we're a football league club again. And that, like, like Jack said, I'm not even going to say what I probably could say, but, um, you know, he comes up, he, he bangs it in. He's, I don't even know what he was doing, the samba and whatnot, just been an absolute <laughs> prat. So yeah, it, you know, it was just sickening, absolutely sickening. And then, like Jack said, 
extra time was just as sickening because obviously the lads were absolutely knackered. It was, you know, it was just a matter of getting through the extra time rather than anything else. But yeah, honestly, I felt sick. So all, wasn't it all four of the first penalties were missed as well in the shootout? Mm. I remember. Um, it, it was so what, something like that, yeah. Yeah. And what are your emotions like at the end? Because it's was that four years in the conference, was it? In the National League? Yeah, yeah. it was four yeah. years. I think, was it, was it 16, 17 we went down? I think so, a death like that. But yeah, it was four four tough years. Um, but honestly, I think I, honestly, I think at first it, I was just like, I don't know. I, I think it was just a blur. I think for the first five minutes and then everyone ran on the pitch and then it it, it, became, mm. it felt more real and but yeah it was just absolutely unbelievable that yeah it's such a relief yeah it was it was it was a relief i was about to say that it to i think you know when when you had the season that we had you think in you know just one more game one more game one more game and the playoffs we were fantastic um you know we we went and we went to stockport and won 1-0 um and to be there full time i mean for me personally you know my dad's taken me since i was i was a kid going to pools and to be able to share that moment with him i can remember and i can see it just like it was yesterday um you know brad james saves that penalty and just seeing my dad turn around and giving him the biggest hug and then just seeing the pools fans erupt and i remember as i was I said to me, Dad, I said, are you coming on the pitch? Because everyone had started to run at this point. I said, are you coming? He said, no, you go and enjoy yourself. And I just remember running down the steps. But I was kind of holding back a bit, thinking I do not want a stadium ban here. Um, and thinking, well, you know what? The chances of us getting to the championship, we've only just got out of the National League. Let's be realistic. So I ran on and, you know, celebrating <laughs> with the players. And and there's been a couple of videos I've been sent since. Um, you know, one, one of them was Buster, our old uh, physio. He... He ran towards me and just grabbed us, and, and it's just moments like that as a football fan, and especially a fan of a team that, um, you know, you lower down, and oh, it was just, it was so special, and and to be celebrating with the people that you've been watching the club. Let's be perfectly honest. I mean, if you put it in the perspective of wider things, um, hell probably isn't the word, but national league is hell to get out of. It's so tough, um, and as you say, it was just a huge amount of relief, um to finally get back to the football league it was relief it was excitement to be going back to proper football clubs once again no disrespect um to some of the teams down there but you know it, it was just such a special moment that you <laughs> lived with you for the rest of your life so on that obviously a few years down there what's what would you say has been the difference between national league and league two in terms of quality is there a lot in terms of because it, it strikes me when i watch national league games FA Cup games, things like this, that there's not a massive amount of difference between the top end of maybe the top half of the National League and the bottom half of League Two. Have you noticed much difference there? No, it's quite funny because when we actually first went down, a lot of people were saying at the time, like the, in terms of quality, in terms of the actual gameplay, you know, there isn't much difference. But it's, Jack said, it is just hell. You know, it's, mm. it is the quality of, I mean, I can't really use it as an excuse really because you watch League Two, you watch throughout the whole. English football pyramid, but the, the referees are just as bad. But it's it is just hell. Yeah, I mean the difference in the quality. 
I mean, you look at the teams that you look at the teams that are spending money like Stockport. You're not counties are signing flipping Harry Arter. Like, yeah. come on! <laughs> I remember when back in I think it was 2011, I was mascot at Pools, and Harry Arter was in the Bournemouth team. Like, what's he doing at North County? I mean, no disrespect, North County are uh, a pretty big team um, in terms of where they are. Um, you know, that's not up for debate. But to be a player like that in the National League. It's such a tough league to get out of. It really is. And, and I think the quality is, is vastly improving. And I think you see that through the results in the league. So, yeah, in answer to your question, I don't think there's a lot of difference between League Two and um, and the National League. I think a National League team, the top National League teams could probably give um, the top of or mid-table League Two teams a game, you know. You mentioned Stockport there. You knew we were going to get onto it. <laughs> November this year, you've been on a, you've made, you made a decent start. You beat us, obviously, up there. But your place coming from behind to win two one. Dave Chaloner then Chaloner then leaves for Stockport, with you in round about the top ten, I think, in the table. Mm. Um, I think you'd just been beaten five 0 by Orion at that point, but I think you'd made a decent start. How much of a shock was that when it came? Well, <laughs> me and Adam both went down to uh, Orion. And you could, we said it, we called it, we said there was something off. Um, you know, the way they were playing, that's not pulled. If we'd been, when we conceded one, you think, right, well, we conceded one, but we kept doing the same things, we weren't learning from our mistakes in the match. And Chalner would always hook someone off or really give them a bollocking at half time to change things around. And that just didn't come. We lost 5 0. And I said to I said to Adam after, I says, look, uh, Chalner, something off about this. I reckon Chalner's on his way, and you know he denied it in the um, in the post match interview that anyone had made contact. and And then on the Monday, well, there's a bit of a story to it, actually. Sunday we were meant to be heading back, and I just we just got to Houston, and the news broke about Chalner being off to Stockport potentially. Um, and then my train was cancelled, so I think um, you know it couldn't have been worse really. And and then he goes. On the Monday, one thing I will make very clear is that I hold Dave Chalner in the highest regard. I do not have a bad word to say about him. I genuinely do not. Um, I know some Pools fans would really disagree with me about that, um, about the way he left and things. But for me, what the man did for the club um, in getting us back to the Football League and and even just the connection between the fans and the club once again, um, really... It's changed everything for us at Pulse. We wouldn't be in the position we are now without him. We wouldn't be playing the football with the players that we have without him. Um, so for me, it was it was a bit of a shock that he, initially that he chose to drop a league. But look at him. He's absolutely flying there. He's got money to spend. He's closer to home. He's going to get Stockport up. I'm pretty certain about that. So, yeah, it's gutting, but it's football, I think, at the end of the day. I think that's what made it worse, to be quite honest. It's the fact that when, obviously, you know, we spoke about the playoff final and, you know, one of these, I mean, I always remember it vividly, one of these key remarks after the game was his proudness and his, just his overall, you know, he was so proud to become a football league manager. So to kind of, like Jack said, to to kind of go down to Orient, see the performance we saw, which was very, very, it wasn't in the fact that we got. It wasn't in the fact that we got beat. It was like, like Jack said. It, it's the fact that after watching Dave Chandler for so long, it's it's little things like the fact that he demands 
it demands a lot. So to kind of to see us do the things we were doing in the game and to see no kind of response from the players and just things after the game, the whole body language of the players, the body language of DC, it was... Look, I'm not going to kind of rabbit on, but it, it was disappointing. But it's not the fact that he's gone. You I mean, I, I've, I suppose, fan for almost 17 years. I've seen good managers come and go. I just think it's the way you go about things. You know, it's already been said he'll always be held as one of the probably one of the best managers in the club's history. He's he won one's promotion at a time where we needed it more than ever. Um, but it's the fact that. He's denied it and then kind of, I think even still now, there is things that we don't know, things that probably should come out, which probably never will come out. But ultimately, he's, I mean, he was never in doubt, really. He's moved to Stockport for more money, which, I mean, anyone would, I would, you would, Jack would. Um, absolutely tearing it up in the National League. But yeah, overall, good disappointed to see him go but like I say our paths will meet again hopefully next season mm. So a few weeks after that under Anthony Sweeney you took took your time to name the right person um, always going to be a bit of a task to come in to follow Chaloner I guess um, obviously you brought in Graham Lee played over 200 times for you does the fact that he used to play for you does that make that transition a little bit easier and has that made all of the highs that have happened since then that bit higher just because of the regard you had for him as a player? Um, personally, for me, I think it actually hindered us a bit, the fact that he played for us at the start anyway. I think he was caught up in the emotion. He was He's a supporter. He loves the club. He bleeds blue and white. And I think, I genuinely think, and I, I, it's difficult because what would I do if I was becoming the manager of the club that I've been at and supported and followed since I was a little kid like I would be in dreamland managing pools but I genuinely think that when you're a professional manager you've got to slightly detach yourself from that I mean it does help that he's got this regard at pools and it does help that he's got this connection already but it also I personally feel I don't know whether Adam agrees but that he was caught up in the emotion of it and that was affecting us because we weren't playing the football. There was a bit of a, okay, we were getting results, but we weren't playing the football that we were capable of. Um, but if you look at it now, uh, I feel he's much more settled into it. I feel like he's much more established and um, finding his feet a lot more. And I think that's evident with the results that we've been getting and you know, it's been, it does make it that extra special, extra bit special, especially at like Palace away in the FA Cup, for example. To see him there at the end and everything that Palace did for him and his family as well, um, in terms of the raising money, but for him to be able to stand in front of a travelling pool's support of nearly 5,000, you know, chanting for goodness knows how long after the match I think that will have meant a lot to him and it meant a lot to us as well so at the start I believe it hindered him a bit but I think it could potentially be helping I think it certainly helped the relationship between the um, supporters and and Graham and I think you know perhaps it was a bit of a at the start it was an underwhelming appointment in uh, some eyes of supporters including myself it took five weeks to bring in someone who'd been under 23's manager at Borough um, but you know he's proven himself. He's getting results. He's getting us to play good football, and and I think my my view of him has changed. Which 
you know, I'm really pleased to say. I I don't necessarily disagree. I just think at the time he'd come in, I think it'd have been difficult for anyone because there was such a drop in the mentality of the fans because obviously a lot of fans were kind of, I think despondent would be the word after seeing him go. There was a lot of there was a lot of anger still there. And I think I think for a couple of weeks after, I think you could clearly see that the players were a bit all over the place. I just I don't think they were playing with the confidence that we'd seen over the past year and a half under DC. Um, so I think it'd have been difficult for anyone to come in straight away. So I wouldn't necessarily say he was overwhelmed. I just think he needed time to come in just to try and calm things down, just try and get the fans back on board, which you know he's done. He did, sorry. Um, but in terms of what you said there about the appointment, I, I'd agree as well. Um, like you say, time was going on four or five weeks. We were expecting a rather quick appointment. And then all of a sudden you hear Graham Lee, you just think, oh, you know, and again, I don't mean this in any offence to Graham Lee, but I've seen a lot of managers like Graham Lee come in at the football club. You know, Paul Merry, for example, and it hasn't worked out for for like ex-players in the past. So, but like, you know, like it's been said, he's um, he's really establishing himself now and he's really proven himself to be someone who's capable enough to take the club somewhere. There is a... a do feel as if there's a sense of direction from the club and from him. He's been given an opportunity straight away to to go into January to spend money, which again he has. Um, we've seen some good signings in Bogle, um, some other good pl- young players, Joe White to come in, people like Isaac Fletcher. We've seen a local lad, Bryn Morris, come in. So honestly, I, I think I, I would say I'm excited for the future under Graham Lee. Um, I think if the club continue to back him. The chairman, Ravin, gives him the tools he needs to in the summer to, to to kind of keep hold of the players we need to keep hold of and recruit. Then who knows? If we could see a consistent Hartlepool United next season, and I've said this on numerous occasions this season, I think if we play the way we know we can play mm. consistently, I think on our day, I think we're, we're a match for any team. Yeah, you mentioned your cup run as well. So get into the FA Cup fourth round. How did you go to Palace? Was it how big a day was it? Because obviously you've you've not disgraced yourselves in any way there. And you said you took five thousand down there. You look at what they did to Everton in the last round, and you think actually that's a that's a really good showing down there. And like, how proud were you of that of that day? And just to sh- it, a day like that, I think sometimes shows the potential of your club, doesn't it? If when you've when you take that many fans down to London for a, for a cup game like that. Well, yeah, Everton could never be my club putting in performances like that, Palace. Um, no, honestly, from start to finish, we've we've talked about it on podcasts. We've talked about it everywhere. Everyone has who's associated with the club and probably the town as well. Um, in terms of your point about how the potential of the club with taking nearly 5,000, um, look, there's no reason... We've taken over a thousand quite a few games this season. There's no reason why, if we were getting the results, etc., etc., that we could be taking consistently one and a half thousand, two thousand a games. I genuinely believe that um, the support base is there. But in terms of the occasion, it was just incredible from drawing them out the hat to the full time whistle going. Palace fans just want to give them a mention as well. It's been absolutely fantastic. And Palace is a club as well. Um, you know they they did fundraising for 
um graham lee's wife who's got cancer mm. and she needs treatment they've put money um into our club in terms of subsidising costs for travel down for fans to make it £12.50 um, a head down to London um, on a f- supporters coach with the club. They've done a special programme. They, they treat us with nothing but respect and for that we will forever be grateful. I think a lot of Pools fans look out for Palace results, including myself now, and we really hope they go on and win the cup. Um, the... You know, it, it was just so special. I think for me, it was how we nearly went bust and then we got relegated and then it looked like we may never, ever get back to the Football League. But then we get back to the Football League and we're beating teams um, like Wickham, we're beating Lincoln, we're beating uh, Blackpool and we're getting Palace away, Crystal Palace in the Premier League. Like for us, that's just huge. And, and yet yeah, from start to finish from us all gathering outside the ground and making absolute racket to walking up um into into the ground and and you know the displays that were done and and just the game we didn't disgrace ourselves as you said like we lost 2-0 and we nearly we could have equalized straight after they scored the first Fergie had a chance to nod it in at the back post and it could have been all different but we've lost 2-0 to a Premier League team like if you'd said that to me a few years ago I would have genuinely laughed you out the house like honestly (laughs) it was absolutely incredible one of the best days of my life and you know it was just so special to be there at Premier League ground watching little old Hartlepool um putting in a show so yeah it was it was amazing um, so Adam, Pizza Cup as well, semi-finals recently. Did you feel that yourselves taking it seriously? Was it one of those? Did you did you only kind of stand up and take notice of it when it got to the semi-final stage? Was it was it something you were kind of going for? Or has it just happened happened to come about? No, I, th- I think you know. I think it's funny because you know I'd went to a couple. I mean, I went to all the group stage games. Sorry, you know. And you, it's amazing because when I watched, you know, Carlisle away, the home games, I just thought, yeah, you know, I wasn't bothered. I wasn't bothered then because I just thought, you know, we'll never go, we're never going to be in a position to be even consider going deep into the competition. So when, once you start beating Sheffield Wednesday away, for example, which is an absolutely unbelievable result, and then we go on to beat Bolton, I think it was, or Charlton, both, anyway, we beat Bolton and Charlton, I think once every little, every bit further we got in the competition, there was belief, and I think without doubt, you know, we took it, we took it deadly serious, you know, as, as serious. I mean, again, I'm not being funny, but as serious as you can take the Papa John's trophy, <laughs> we we did, and like I say, the further we went on, the more the belief went, the, the etched up and the confidence and stuff. But yeah, it was absolutely gutting to. To lose on penalties, but look, like you say, it's similar to the FA Cup game. You know, we couldn't have done any more. We went toe to toe for ninety-five minutes for, for the whole game, ninety-five minutes with the league one leaders. It was a tough game, but like I say, it's, it was an unbelievable night atmosphere. I think our highest attendance in God knows how long, over seven thousand packed inside the Victoria Park displays. Honestly, unbelievable night, but ultimately, cruel way to go out. It, I mean, both of these cupments don't seem to have affected your league form too much. You've actually been picking up decent results. Um, four out of the last five, one away from home, is that right? Yeah. In the league. Um, is that something that's down to 
tactics or is it has it just happened that way because it's it seems to be especially a game like Newport last Friday it seems to be a really tricky game but have have you kind of set specific tactics away from home do you think um we struggled all season away from home I mean everyone can see that it looks um at results and I don't know why we struggled away from home because we always used to be a team that did well away um probably due to the lack of well there was less pressure playing away more pressure at home um but look, as you say, we're we're in a really good vein of form away. Um, we're playing some really good football. Last week, honestly, before we'd even travelled down, I'd written off the fact that we were even going to get a point there, to be honest. Um, I went on a Newport podcast and said we'd get a one all, but that's because I always like to back the lads and be positive. But in reality, like I'd said to Adam, I'd said to plenty of mates that, look, we're not going to get anything at Newport. They're a class side, though. We'd lost 2-0 to Bradford on Tuesday night. They turn over most teams. Um, so to go there <laughs> and win in the fashion that we did was, yeah, it was second to none. It was it was um, a really good performance. I don't know whether you've seen the goals, but the first one from our wing back, that chop, putting it in the far corner, then Fergie skinning like three players and putting it across to Molls, and then Neil Byrne scoring the winner coming up at the back post right after they just equalised. And... That showed, as Adam said earlier, that we have the potential to be a very good football club. If we're if we're consistent, there is no reason why we can't compete with the best in the league and be pushing around them playoff spots. I think it's just a shame that our away form was so poor um, earlier on in the season and that we haven't been consistent because if you look at our home form at the start of the season, if you'd partnered that with a, even picking up a few points here and there, not having to win all the games that we have, We'd be right up there right now. Um, and I think that's extremely frustrating, but also shows that we've developed as a club and we're moving forward all the time. So, yeah, there's no... Personally, I don't think there's any set formation or... Well, I say formation, any set style of play that we go to an away game with. I just think that now there's more belief and confidence that we can pick up a result away from home. And I, I think that's what's changed really before because we were losing most weeks away from home and struggling a lot there wasn't that belief and it was just like right an away game we're probably going to lose this one and I think the players had that kind of mentality as well it seemed they may not have done I don't want to um you know make a point saying that they did but that's what it looked like to us from the outside and now that we're picking up form away from home I think it just shows that where we can go in the future it's looking very bright but I also have said maybe in the last couple of games where it's become more or less fact that we're not going to go up. We're not going into playoffs now. So is it now at a point where we're out the FA Cup, we're out the Papa John, we're not in the playoffs. We can play now with a little bit of freedom. Just go to, you know, we've got Northampton on Saturday. We've got Forest Green, first away game in April. I think we're at a point now where maybe we can just go to the, like Newport last week. You know, let's just go to these places. There's no pressure on us play with a little bit of freedom and just see what happens. You know, obviously not in that sense, but like just play with the freedom, have the confidence and just give it a go and see what happens. And I mean, I'm not saying that's been the outcome of these last couple of away games, but it could potentially play a factor going into the last, however many games are left. I think it's more confidence, if I'm honest. I genuinely think that as the lads are picking up more results away from home, the confidence is building and that's why we are, um, doing what we're doing away from home. I mean, everybody's entitled to their opinion. I think, Adam, honestly, part of that will come in. I mean, there was talk of the playoffs before 
um, we went into that game against Orient. Oh, you know, if we pick up point, if we pick up three points against Orient and Bradford and get a point in Newport, we're right in it, which obviously would have been correct. But we bottled it against Orient. We were poor against Bradford um, to lose two 0 and and then we turned up to Newport. And I think it was kind of a sense as well that, that look, we're going to make a statement here. We're going to turn up and. Um, and you know, show how good we really are despite the last two results. So yeah, I think a bit of everything comes in to be fair, a mixture of confidence and perhaps the more freedom that we have uh, coming at the end of the season. So moving on to a couple of your players, you mentioned briefly earlier, Bryn Morris, who was on loan with us last season. How's he settled in since joining us? Was it in January he came? Yeah, he's class. Yeah. Um, he's been out injured. I think they're um, hoping that he'll be back for this weekend's game, but I'm a big fan of him. Um, when he signed, I thought, why are we signing another midfielder? And um, we had lots at the club, um, but yeah, I really like him. I, I love as well that he supports the club. He's from the town, um, and like when he's been injured, he's been travelling with the squad. He was there on Friday night at Newport um, in the away end, and yeah, I, I really like him personally. I hope that um, we turn it into a permanent deal at the end of the season and. You know, we can see the best of him when he's back to full fitness. Yeah. Um, another one I was going to look at, Omar Bogle. He, he had a good spell with Grimsby at the start of his career. He seemed to have gone off the boil a little bit once he's gone higher in the leagues. He's come back. How's he looked so far? Absolutely immense, I'd mm-hmm. say. Um, hit the ground running when he first came. I think it was like four goals in seven, eight, nine games, something like that. I mean, I'll be honest, when I actually saw it come through on my phone, breaking news, the club of delight, you know, my first reaction was like, how have the club actually managed to pull this off? Because I'm not being awful. Someone like Omar Bogle could probably still, could, in fact, he will do a job in League One. So the fact that we've been able to recruit Bryn Morris and Omar Bogle in January, I think was just, I think it's just testament to the club's ambition that we've been able to to pull two players like these and and be able to play them in, in a, for a League Two side, but yeah, Omar, I think is a is a great striker. I think he's a striker we've needed for a very long time. Um, just his his understanding of the game, he's just I, I think he's just like I say, he's is the striker we've cried out for for a long time. Um, it would be unbelievable if we could get someone of a similar quality to go alongside him next year. Um, scored an own goal against Newport, which. I mean, it happens to the best of people, done it. But yeah, being, I think he's been a great signing, and uh, basically, hopefully, we can you know sign someone of a similar quality next season to go alongside him. Yeah. So talking about Luke Molyneux, um, winger, top scorer, um, it doesn't seem to have had a massive goals return in a few seasons before that. What's what's he done right this season? I think he's just believed in himself um, mm-hmm. when he's running at a man. I think. If you get him playing and cutting inside on his left, he's he's incredible. I mean, you'll have seen some of the goals he's scored, Harrogate away, um, and plenty of others in the cup and things where he's just cutting on his left and put it across the keeper. And yeah, he's a brilliant player. He was someone who I was hopeful would sign a new contract. Didn't look like he was going to sign one. Wrexham, I think, were interested in him um, back in the summer. And thankfully, he decided to commit his future to Pools. He said, look, I'll play wherever you need me, Gaffer. And, um, you know, I'll just earn my place in the squad. And sure enough, he has done. And we're seeing the best of him. And it's brilliant to see because he's a he's a good lad and he's a good, um, a really good player who, 
yeah, I'm I'm a big fan of. Um, someone with pace runs at his man, um, and work rate second to none. So yeah, fantastic player. But if you you know if you're in opposition, you don't want him cutting in on his left because that normally will end up um, in a goal coming out of the situation or or at least something testing the keeper definitely. It's an interesting one, Malt, actually, because it's it's almost as if he's come back this summer with like a brand new, fresh mentality. I mean, last year was quite tough. The fact that I think he started the season with COVID, so he didn't really have a, a lot of participation in the the opening games or the opening month or two of the season. He came back. He was sluggish. He wasn't up to full fitness or full sharpness. So last season was a bit of a, a rough season for him, and like it's been mentioned, obviously. I mean, I don't know how true it is, but reports were suggesting that he didn't want to adapt to playing the five three two. So I was quite surprised. Or I would have been surprised to see him sign on, but thankfully he did, and he's come back, like I say, with like a, a fresh mentality and a fresh look on things. He's come back, and like Jack said, you know, he said, "Look, I'm here. I'll play wherever you want to play me." Um, and like I say, he's been absolutely phenomenal. He's such a a wonderfully gifted player who I'm pretty sure if he's continues to do these things and applies himself like he, he has been doing this season, then I have no doubt in my mind that this guy's going places and he can surely be playing at high levels in years to come. And what's gone on with Gavin Hollihan this week? So he's got joined Grimsby. Murmurs of some sort of off-the-pitch issues going on there. What's gone down there? Well... Look, I, I don't always like to get into, you know, what what certain people say. Um, I mean, personally, and I think it would probably be the most likely thing. It was lack of minutes. Um, you know, he he wasn't getting his game. I absolutely love Gav. Um, I think he's an absolute class act on and off the pitch. Brilliant footballer, talented, could change the game. Scored some absolute worldies as well. Um, so you know, for me. I'm gutted to see him leave. I, I think personally that if he'd had more of a chance, if he got more minutes, Pulls would be further up the league just because of the quality that he brings. Um, but in football, sometimes you know you don't you don't get your chance, and and he's gone on to Grimsby, and I'm sure Adam was the same. I wish him all the best. He got an assist on there Tuesday night against. Uh, I can't remember who they were playing, but he got an assist, and you know I hope he does well. I hope he rips it up there. He's a pulley through and through. Um, one of the players that I can really say genuinely loves the club and always had the club at his, um, in his heart and someone who will always be welcome back um, you know, with open arms to the club so I wish him all the best and, and you know, he's given us some fantastic memories and unbelievable chant as well so uh, yeah, <laughs> I wish him all the best Yeah, it was uh, I think it was just kind of inevitable wasn't it, like you say, just kind of been out of favour since Lee come in and you know, rumours of this, rumours of that. I mean, it was kind of said in the last couple of days before he actually signed that apparently, again, rumours a vicious thing, but there was some form of clause in his contract that if he played again, that it could potentially have activated something in his contract. I mean, I don't know how true it is. Rumours are a vicious thing, but again, I'm not going to bubble on. Ultimately, you know, he was a great servant, played a, he was an absolutely instrumental pass of our promotion winning side last season and he goes on with everyone's best wishes and hopefully, who knows, he might return maybe one day to play again in blue and white. Good stuff. Um, so before we go into predictions, we always ask everyone that comes on here, uh, because it's our only way of scoring a lot of the time, 
How are you at defending set pieces? <laughs> um, I would say that's definitely one of our weak one of our weak points. Um, we've seen a numerous number of teams home and away, and it's clear to see that if anyone kind of attacks our wing backs or attacks our full backs and tries to get crosses into the box or corners, for example, then nine times out of ten, I'd say pools are going to be a little bit shaky whether that's through our defenders or whether that's through our goalkeeper not deciding to come out for crosses or not having the confidence to do this, that or the other. then, But yeah, it's it's certainly not our strong point, that's fair to say. That's good to know. <laughs> I mean, now I've said that, it's not going to happen, is it? But, um, come on to predictions then um, for Saturday. Jack, we'll come to you first. Predictions for this one? Um, obviously, mint result last week against mm-hmm. Newport. Yeah, thanks for that. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, we've helped you out there, so I think you should help us out here. Uh, <laughs> look, it's a, it's a difficult one to call. Um, we'll get pulls to get a point, one all. One all. Cool, Adam. Funnily enough, I was also thinking one all, but since you've said that I'm going to add a little bit more of a positive spin on it, I think, I don't know, I fancy us, I'm going to one pulls. Yeah, Steph, what am I going to say? I think I think we're going to concede. I'm going to go 2-1 to us then, if you're going to go that way. Uh, we need we need it desperately. And I, I feel like if this if we don't win, it's going to be really tricky for us. And I think it's going to be tough to even get look at the playoffs. It sounds ridiculous, but in terms of psychology, I think it's going to be really difficult if we don't get a result here. So the pressure will be on us. So you playing with that freedom could work to your advantage potentially but um i'm gonna go 2-1 i think to us but um thank you so much jack and adam for coming on no um, problem thanks for having me where where can we find you on social media so uh twitter at hufc chat facebook Hartlepool united news and then uh the podcast is called hufc chat as well nice one thanks so much for joining us guys and uh next week we'll be talking to a mansfield fan out of that big one but for now thanks a lot for listening and we'll see you soon Support the podcast on Patreon by joining the It's All Cobblers To Me fan club. Every month, you'll receive access to exclusive bonus content, such as our Meet the Staff series, hear our player interviews before anyone else, and be invited to regular meetups. By joining the fan club, you'll be helping us to continue our sponsorship of NTFC women's player Abby Bruin and enable us to keep the podcast and all our other content going to the high standards you expect. To join the fan club, go to patreon.com forward slash cobblers to me. Sports Social Podcast Network.